Hey, hello to everybody at Geek Space. This is Stan Lee saying Excelsior. It's Geekscape. Dickscape. Yeah, not space. What did I say? Space. space. Dickscape. <laughs> yeah, like All right. Hey, I didn't mean Dickspace. <laughs> hello to everybody at Dickscape. <laughs> no, Dickspace. That is beyond Wait. good enough, Stan. All right. This is Stanley wishing everybody at Geekscape all the best. I wish you could all be here with us now, but since you're not, hello and good luck and Excelsior. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 92 of Geekscape. Geekscape is the weekly news and review show about movies, video games, and comics every week. Uh, myself, Jonathan London, your host, I sit down uh, with a new guest every week, and we talk about that, late, that uh, last week's news and reviews. Um, this week, we've got a pretty... Uh, we, we both saw W, the Oliver Stone movie. Um, we also made a trip to... Uh, the Scream Awards, the Spike TV Scream Awards, and, and uh, interviewed a bunch of people on the red carpet. If you thought last week's show had some stars, wait uh, until you see what Gilmore and I have uh, scrounged up for you this week. Uh, I'm also going to sit down with Toby Wilkins, the director of this movie Splinter, coming out uh, on Halloween. It's a horror movie. So as we get into the horror spirit, I want to bring you guys that. And of course we're going to be talking video games, because last time you were on the show, people loved you talking about video games. Uh, and I called bullshit on the Battletoads. I remember I did that on you beating Battletoads. I remember that. That was you. I totally called me. bullshit. And I was like, there are no fucking warps in Battletoads. But somebody sent me a YouTube. There's definitely warps. You just got to be quick with them because they appear yeah. as soon as you get on the screen. Level three with the, the little jetpack level or the jet scooter level. Jet ski thing. You got to hit it right at the right time. And then there's a warp on the snake level. There's a warp right at the beginning two. of the game almost. The one yeah, up you have to the go back. Ledge. But it, it takes you to a really harder <laughs> thing. You have to go through the surfing level and others, which is really tough. So I was wrong on that one. I would always bite it at the surfing level. I was it's wrong. It's way too hard. I called bullshit and it, I was wrong. So I apologize. I apologize. Accepted. <laughs> it's too late to apologize. Brandon Bales and I uh, met when uh, he acted for me. Uh, it as a uh, you were like a uh, you were playing me, which is weird. Um, hopefully, when you, one day you guys will see Singledom. So is that how you see yourself <laughs> then? Seeing you guys next to each other is that how you see yourself, John? No. The the, the weird thing about uh, Singledom, <laughs> you you're, you're different enough from me. <laughs> you, oh my god! Uh, you, you're different enough for me that that uh, you you made it your own thing, which right. I like. Uh, but some of those uh, actresses when they were auditioning for the breakup scene, mm. that fucked my head up. <laughs> Having, I felt like I was getting dumped every 15 minutes because <laughs> you know we're calling these people in every 10, 15 minutes. I just felt like. I was just getting dumped repeatedly throughout the course of the day. By the time lunch came around, I just wanted to kill myself. Mm. I was like, you're right. I am a loser. You should leave me. You should leave me. I'm a loser. Walk out that door. I suck. Thank you for dumping me. This was a great day. Oh, dude, that auditioning was rigorous. Uh, But, you know, 
You got done. It's uh, going out. It's in the can. It's Which good. Is what, what they call it. That's what they call it in Hollywood. They're going out with it. <clears throat> Which is great. They're calling out, and I've gotten some feedback on what might happen. Uh, so as soon as contracts are signed, I guess you, you guys will be the first to know, because fuck, if they're going to sign a contract, ain't nothing they can do about it then. Uh, as soon as I get permission, I can tell you guys like what's happening, but um, it's been so... It's been such a long damn process. Yeah. You know, it's frustrating because uh, I run into people uh, out who are like, oh, yeah, I heard of that. It's on my development board. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's weird that other people that you've never met in your entire life know about this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a very young creator here in this Hollywood game. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing called tracking boards. And, like, if you're a manager, you're an agent, you want to know what the hot talent is. Uh, you subscribe to these tracking boards and the tracking boards tell you what's being developed in Hollywood it's kind of like their way of just keeping track of uh, their fingers on the pulse and so I guess our project's on these tracking boards but I've been getting like meetings with managers and and stuff and you know what it's all just kind of flirtations until something definite happens Mm -hmm. and then you can be off to the races but right now I just feel like I'm in this weird like what would you call it? Like a like a like an in between world, <laughs> between the living and the dead. <laughs> I'm like in this purgatory. I'm in this weird limbo, where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not the kid right out of film school who's acting, working as barista, but I'm not a creator who's had anything done. I'm in this fucking weird place well, where people are like, people are like, you're credible, kinda. I'm credible, kinda. I think right now, and Which I don't want to be credible, kinda. I want to get rid of the kinda. You'll get there. I mean, like Judd Apatow, all those other guys that get out there. I mean, how old are they when they let finally me, let get Let me tell you, break? Judd Apatow. They're like in their 40s. No, 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 no. Judd Apatow, who is in his 40s, wrote for MTV for a very long time. Right. He wrote uh, from about the time he was my age. He was working, maybe earlier. He was doing MTV. Working it. Working it he working was writing it. stuff for Ben Stiller show. He was writing all sorts of stuff. Uh, he was well, really you're active. Fucked, then. No oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to think. Ben Stiller show was 18 years ago. Yeah, the guy was in his mid 20s. Me, I'm fucking Christ on a crutch as far no, as no, this time is concerned. Yeah. No, just Toast. Past me, bye. What have you been doing? Huh? <laughs> me? This uh, guy? Working as a barista. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> working as a waiter. Not maybe not so glamorous a uh, job as as Jonathan has, but I have yeah, a job. Yeah, this is my glamorous job. <laughs> Waking up, <laughs> checking my email, getting on Geekscape. <laughs> Gilmore, can I borrow some money? Look, <laughs> looking for jobs, being like Gilmore, you want to take me to In and Out? Looking for jobs, working on Geekscape. I just want some jobs to hold me over until you know, I got a new company, so I can pitch for more jobs. Those are the jobs I want. Shoot some shit. Shoot some shit, motherfuckers. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, but you have a consistent one. Yeah, and oh boy, is it great! Hollywood style. Hollywood style, man. Oh. <laughs> this is what singledom's really about. You want breakfast potatoes, fries, or salad? Oh, are there any times? Are there any times? Breakfast potatoes, fries, or salads? That's right. Are there any times when you just want to punch the shit out of the fuckers that are that you're waiting on? Yes. Okay, what are some of the? Uh, What's like an instance where you were like, I just want to remove you from from the human race? <laughs> <laughs> you know you have them. Oh God, there's 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 too many. Um, Don't come on, just give us one okay, or two. Okay, okay, okay. There's sometimes when you're like, I'm either gonna quit or go homicidal. <laughs> Everybody's uh, got one. Uh, now that I'm on the spot, I feel uh, uh, I'm strong. I have stories, so many stories to tell. <laughs> 
Really? You're just gonna, fucking, you're just gonna cop? I guess that's why. I, I guess that's why I'm on the I'm the writer and you're the puppet. That's right. I, that's your because I've got about fifty fucking million stories about hating this town. Mm. Like the boss who was like no butter on my uh, on his breakfast. I he, he had a list of requests on his breakfast specific. Like he had a million specifics on his when breakfast. When you went to pick it up for him, as you were assistant. Oh, or something? when I ordered it. Yeah, right. he's a popular TV producer. He makes a lot of reality shows that are fucking really huge but shit and um mark <coughs> not mark burnett um and uh and so i'm sitting there and i'm just taking on this list of things and as he's telling me i'm relaying them through the phone to the person who's gonna be making the order right they're gonna go pick up and i mean there's a million if you thinking about your story well, yeah, yeah okay and so and so there's like a million things on it one of which is definitely no butter you know no butter. uh so I go to pick the thing up, and I double check this thing. I double chickly check this thing. Triple. I'm looking at I'm looking at the different details. Everything is suspects. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna get fucking yelled at for this one. I come back, and he's on the line uh, doing an interview for People Magazine about his new show that's coming up. He's doing his, this interview so he can get quoted in this stupid little article. A bunch of fucking fat housewives are gonna read on the way out of the grocery store, and I come in with my breakfast with, with his breakfast, and I, I go oh, here. Here it is, here it is And I walk back out of the room And I'm uh, listening in on the conversation Because sometimes there's things that you have to dictate notes And um, I hear this Shit (laughs) (laughs) Shit, can you give me a minute? And the lady goes, sure The publicist lady And uh, he goes, and I can fucking hear him Like in the office, walking to the door And he goes, can I talk to you? Opens the door, can I talk to you? And he's holding his breakfast like right there And he goes, I thought I told you no butter And, And I go no, there's no fucking butter on any of those pancakes or any of that. Just, there ain't butter. Fuck, there's no butter. <laughs> but there was a packet of butter that in the bag had landed in the crack of the styrofoam container. And upon opening the styrofoam container had slid a packet wrapped onto the fucking thing. It was sitting there like, here's the egg. Okay, let's say this right here that you're watching is the container. Right? <laughs> here are the eggs, bacon, and pancakes. Here, fucking Nova Scotia, is, is the fucking butter. Still wrapped. Still wrapped. It's still nothing. Didn't even have a slime trail left. Didn't, like, didn't nothing, melt. nothing. It was just sitting there. It's hard as a rock. In la basura, which is Spanish for in the trash. Oh, my God. Do it again. Cock oh salad. Oh, my God. Yeah. Complete cock salad. Like, ho- if the stars align correctly, you will be seeing Mr. Bales reenacting that scene. I'll do it too. I'll do it justice. On your TV sets. Or your Xboxes or whatever. Fuck, I don't know how they're going to watch this thing. I don't know what Through form it's going to take. But that scene is definitely going to be in there. Because I have an ending in my head of how that shit should be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's homicidal up in this shit. How do these shit. people get like this, though? Like, did their parents do that for them, do you think? Like, did they yell at their parents when they did shit like that? Part this? of it's dick wagon. You gotta let people know yeah, yeah. the chain of command. Top dog. Top dog bullshit. You know? A so. little dick wagon and cop salad. Fuck it is, man. <laughs> you ever done any dick... Like, you got a story yet? You ever done any dick? You don't have a story. Really? You're a fucking blank page, man. Man, I am sorry. Wow. I, uh... I, I'd like to drink alcohol. He goes... <laughs> <laughs> He just leaves his job. <laughs> this turns into an AA. <laughs> uh, so listen, guys. Speaking of people who like to drink alcohol, we went to see this movie W by Oliver Stone. Uh, Oliver Stone did this movie. It's got Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Banks. 
whole bunch of uh, really good actors. And uh, they made a biographical film about George W. Bush. It came out this weekend. Too bad it wasn't called Max Payne, motherfuckers, because it didn't win the box office. Uh, That's sad. Yeah, let's go see some Max Payne. Uh, but this movie, uh, first off, you're, you're going to get contro- controversial over this shit. Because, of course, he's a very controversial president. Uh, the presidency is almost at an end, and now we have this biography come out on it. Uh, it's extremely stylized. It follows him from college all the way up uh, to the decision to invade Iraq. But it jumps around temporally all over the place, so the story structure is... Uh, it's a se- sequence of events, not all told in order. But it, what, the, the main thing is that you're painting a portrait. Um... Whether or not it's effective or not, that's what we're going to talk to you guys about. But it is definitely uh, stylized. And would you say biased? Because everything you're reading about this movie in interviews and everything is that, oh, we just wanted to do a proper portrayal of events. Yeah. Would you, Having seen the movie, would you agree with that? I'm going to say that, ye, that they definitely went for that. The idea underneath it all is that he is a bozo. Right. I feel it's hard to hide that, um, but they still—I mean, only in as much as because they put so much music on it. There's all this like some of the scenes have like actual like a sappy score. That's what I yeah. notice a lot in the movie. Yeah, and the, the piano score and stuff like that. It's all over the place. The soundtrack wasn't. That's the thing. Uh, you're watching these guys come out and they're promoting their film. And they're talking about how it's right down the middle. It's unbiased. It's a. It's a. It's a. You know, it's a fair view of events, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, you can say that that you're telling the events factually as they occur. But when you make the uh, actual characters that big of caricatures, mm-hmm. you got to know that you're slanting things one way or another. Yeah. You know, and I think that this movie is so stylized, and these are almost alive like caricatures. Borders on that. You're gonna think that yeah, you're sl- you're, you're you're putting a, a certain amount of light in one mm-hmm. direction. Um, almost to the movie's distraction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and almost to the point where you say, "You know what? I'm having to remove myself from this, uh, from what I'm watching." Not like you would from reality. Mm-hmm. You watch the news, you take it in. Yeah. Even though the news itself is is uh, is chopped up and edited and all that, but watching uh, watching something that was this forceful in its style, you have to remove yourself from it and be like, "Shit." Maybe that's a good thing that you're, you're you're continuously engaged in questioning it as you're watching it, and you're, you're asking your own questions. But yeah, no, this is biased as a motherfucker up in this shit. Would you agree that this is biased as a motherfucker up in this shit? I well, uh. <laughs> you can take a you can take a position in this show. We have an hour. Anywhere in this hour, you want to actually come out and tell a story. Position, it's all yours. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's giving me wishy-washy guess. I don't not like wishy-washy like guess. Um, I what I say what I say is extremely biased. Not necessarily no, but I think it, there there are hints of it that that you know how they really feel. Mm-hmm. In as much as like the characters could have been a lot less. It's, whenever you do impressions in films, or you know, whenever you try to like capture a, a person, it ends up looking more like an impression, and it, it's hard to see, it's, it's hard to watch them as, 
as characters in a movie rather than just people do, trying to do skits or something mm-hmm. like that. You know? Totally. You know why? It's because they're still alive. And yeah. And they're very much in the public eye and we're used to them and, like, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. see a lot of... The, like, for example, I wouldn't, like, if they would have made The Aviator, mm-hmm. like, you know, right, right way back the then, like, one, so maybe we could have used a Bush movie, like, 20 years from now. That's what I thought last night. It's too soon. Like, that's that's what I walked out of there <laughs> thinking. It, you know, you know, it... It, it, it's effective and like I mean there, there's not a lot there's not a lot new if you if you watch the news on a regular basis there's not a lot new you're gonna yeah, learn it's not gonna it's not gonna open your eyes and I gotta tell you uh, it might actually just piss you off harder cause um pissed off my friend who I went with last night oh this chick angry. behind me Laura does that need to happen I don't think we can hear it she's like hammering shit I'm killing people she's like killing our dogs uh, behind uh, us was this was this this super lefty. Uh-huh. It almost made me want to eat red meat and be a Republican because this chick behind me was just like, "Oh God!" Like she was being very vocal with her with her uh, just hatred. It was just for like, the oh. character or for the film. For the for the uh, for, for the Bush. character for the events. Okay, okay. She's watching yeah. this like it was fucking CNN. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, this is a pretty skewed portrayal. It's like a Michael Moore movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. It's pretty skewed and, and it's really, really stylized. And I gotta tell you, after watching Oliver Stone do shit like World Trade Center, where it's an okay movie, but in all honesty, that movie was so down the middle it could have been made by anybody. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of liked the heightened sense of style. I kind of mm-hmm. liked the caricature. I kind of liked the fact that there's obviously a, a creative presence here mm-hmm. that is shape, shaping what you're watching. Mm-hmm. Do you think Mona Lisa looks the, like the like the person that Leonardo painted, or do you think he took an artistic approach to her representation? God knows. And, and that's how, the and that's how I feel. I mean, if you have a different artist paint Mona Lisa, you're going to get a different view. And I yeah. like the fact that he was that present as a director in all that in, all, in the storytelling. Because um, I thought it was consistent. I thought it was uh, it was. For him, he was present more so than he's been in, in 10 years, 15 years of yeah, movie making. So. Uh, did it mean I liked the movie? Not necessarily. Yeah. One of my film teachers, when we came out of Gangs in New York, uh, said something that really rem- I remember. And, and, he, and, and I was like, man, what a mess. That's what I said about Gangs in New York, which mm-hmm. is a mess. And he said, if you're going to watch somebody's mess, at least you're watching Martin Scorsese's mess. And I'm like, you know what? As, if we're watching a movie that I'm kind of like, ugh, about, mm-hmm. at least I'm watching somebody who's taking forcefully taken you by the hand and led you through uh, a story that he's telling. So, are you ready to tell us your story about working as a uh, waiter? As a waiter? <laughs> no, I'm just going to fuck with you. Dude, you know, I really can't cool. think of anything right now. I'm sure once, it, it, once, it just once I get my car constant, to go home. Is it such a, such that's such a what constant it is. fucking beat it's down? Every, every single day, it's just so ridiculous. And I mean, some days are better than others, but most days you, I'm just like, you call me like like whenever I call and leave you a message and stuff. You always call me like a, a break, fifteen minute mm-hmm. lunch break, whatever you do. It always sounds like you need to be rescued. <laughs> it always sounds like it's true. As a friend, I should try. Uh, and like, I should drive a car into the front of the building. <laughs> Get in. We have Gilmore on the fucking anti-air on top. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gilmore throwing Molotovs and shit. We should make. We should. We should do like a great raid. Can you do this for me? Yeah, but it'll cost you your fucking job, man. That's You'll true. be on the streets. But wouldn't that be a story? It'd be something else. Uh, um, this just in for those of you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. In this economy, I can't do that. I can't take your job away. Um, this just Wait, in. This, we should just call this episode um, Brandon's. <laughs> 
untasteable Brand- hangover. It's, it's Brandon's, Brandon's war. Really, it's what it is. Single tier. It's Brandon. Brandon's ongoing struggle. Can I look off into the witnessing? sky? Like, um, did you know, Brandon, that um, Geekscape was banned in China? What? Yeah, China uh, has a pretty big uh, involvement in what what their uh, population watches digitally. You know, they, they 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 monitor YouTube. They monitor everything. They've removed Geekscape from iTunes selection from the iTunes store. Geekscape has been deemed not worthy. Uh, in the uh, in the in the, the the great country of China, but uh, human rights violations—they're still cool <laughs> over there. Still cool, human rights violations. And, and you know, I gotta think: if you're violating human rights and shit, canning motherfuckers up in this, what better soundtrack than Geekscape? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be dude. We we enhance human rights violations. We, we make it you know acceptable. We're a little distraction that those, you know, backpacking college kids who ended up, uh, you know, having sex and you guys ended up caning them for 20 years, we're the soundtrack to you guys brutally torturing them and telling their parents they died in an avalanche. It was Malaysia, but all Asian people are the same to him. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You cane the motherfuckers. Cane the motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, have you not just, have you checked to see what Geekscape literally translate to, tr- translates to in Mandarin? In Mandarin, it's probably ooh. <laughs> that would be that's interesting. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, what do you think our character would look like? Yeah. The 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 Geekscape? the language. I don't know if anybody out there can do it. If you're still alive after being arrest- <laughs> after being arrested for listening to Geekscape in China, uh, let us know. Um, no, no, if you if you can send this to us like from the alley, like yeah. behind or, or from like the attic that you're listening to, <laughs> yeah. as you're hiding under floorboards <laughs> listening to Geekscape. Take out your ink and, and, and paint us uh, the character the already, character that, that a Geekscape is. They've already had to stop this like ten times. Oh, because there's dust filtering through the floorboards? Exactly. Like, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Run! Sam has taught us well! <laughs> Fucking eating rats and shit listening to Geekscape and hiding. Um, it's worth it. It's worth it. Sam will mm. live forever. Democracy will come to us. Um... So guys, the WB is adapting uh, Ed Brubaker's Sleeper, that's the DC book. Uh, Warner Brothers is adapting it for Sam Raimi and Tom Cruise uh, to make into a movie. I think this is news that's been around a while, but uh, Brad Inglesby is the uh, director, or is the writer. Who's been that? To it. You know what's really funny? Uh, it was posted to the Geekscape uh, website, and I would have just been like, whatever, but one of the meetings I had with the screenwriting manager, this guy Brad Inglesby is her other client. I'm like, I'm like, why are you meeting with me? I make dick jokes. Like Stanley. But you like them. Yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, Stanley does make dick jokes. We'll get to that. Um, Born, you know, the Born Identity shit? Uh, Making a fourth movie. Uh, it's got a writer, this guy George Nolfi, who co wrote the Born Ultimatum. Uh, I was okay with having the tautological nature of the Born series. He starts floating in the water, he ends floating in the water, and it kind of had that. Circle's complete, complete feeling to it. Um, looks like circles not complete. Not they're gonna much. go. They're gonna get Crystal Scully up in uh, this. I'm just gonna keep saying up in this. You shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith. I haven't seen this porno movie. Have you seen the porno movie? No, I was supposed to see it with uh, Zach. Imaginary cool things. Uh, Hadad or Hadad. Oh, Zach Hadad. Um, no, but, uh, Chris Gore brought. He. Um, he didn't. Uh, no, he was gonna have a plus one, but he couldn't do it anymore. He was Chris Gore's plus one. 
Oh, no, no, he told me he, I was his boyfriend. Brian, you have been lied to. You Zach. got swindled by Mr. Haddock. Zach! Yeah, Zach, you lied to my boy Gilmore. Wow. Um, we are over. Yeah, I can get you in. Please? Um, yeah, but <laughs> Kevin Smith looks like he's doing an outer space father-son movie next. Uh, budget's $45 million. That's like $20 million more than he's been... Uh, given for a wow. movie for so I love see. that you just kind of like give that to people. It's like it's just that regular, really common genre <laughs> outer space father son. I don't know. I'm, oh, I, I love mean, those. <laughs> oh man, I grew up. We'll with see. Those. Oh. I don't know. It could be fucking Lava Girl and whatever. It could Shark Boy. Shark Boy. Boy. I don't know what it is, but uh, I'll see it. I know you guys will see it, geeks, geeks, motherfuckers. Up in we'll this. see it. Up in that. <laughs> uh, Brett Ratner is getting up in this in the Conan universe. It's a rumor. That our good buddy hero protagonist Who pretty much runs our uh, news for us at Geekscape He posted that Brett Radner looks like he, he might be doing Conan Conan? Well, yeah, so that, that's exciting That we've got Conan uh, coming from Brett Radner Sean William Scott as Conan Because last, we <laughs> last week we were talking about him doing God of War And then Every week we're going to have a new Brett Ratner's directing this shit Yeah, I feel like Every week I feel like everyone's publicist is like in overtime Putting rumors out on the internet (laughs) I know, I feel like it's the um, It's like the terrorist warning alert Like for everyone (laughs) The Brett Ratner Yeah, it's like the Brett Ratner alert It's it's just just to keep us afraid (laughs) They're going to bomb the Super Bowl No No And like right around It's like orange like right around 9-11 Like right around Like a really important date Like the original release Of the original Zelda They're gonna come out It's like Brett Radner Directing Zelda No Brett exactly. Radner Impregnated Princess Zelda We are up to orange In Ratner rating Oh, oh my god Dude, This is an or- This is a code orange <laughs> For Brett Ratner uh, Terror threats And that's really all this is Every time he gets attached To a new movie It's just a terror it's just threat It's a threat To get people excited Every about time you sit in the movie Watching, watching one of his films it's a terrorist attack. <laughs> um, every time you buy a ticket to a Brett Ratner movie, the terrorists hate us that much. More. <laughs> the terrorists have won. They, they've kind of won. They kind of won because, uh, yeah, you want to commit mass suicide. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I got a chance to talk to a really nice guy. He's British. Uh, he's a director. He made this movie called Splinter, which is an indie movie. Uh, it's coming out on Halloween. Uh, but those of you with On Demand can actually get the movie now uh, Pass me that DVD That little Splinter DVD right there It's called Splinter And uh, I've got some elements from the movie I saw the movie I thought it was pretty cool It's um, This couple's on a camping trip Okay, There's very few people in the, in, in the, the movie Couple's on a camping trip What could go wrong? Uh, what could go wrong, <laughs> right And uh, they break the tent The guy's kind of a doofus They get in the car and they get carjacked by this couple and in the process of the carjacking, uh, they drive over this thing in the road, which is an animal that has these splinters growing off of it. And uh, what it is, it's an infection. Like, let's say you get pricked with a splinter. Uh, over time, it starts to take over your body and use your body to survive. Like, a, like you, your body's the host parasite. for this parasite. And little splinters grow out of you and shit like that, and you can't let them prick you or else you get infected. And it, like, bends your body and, like, your arm crunches violently backwards turns you in, it's kind of like the thing in leviathan this this parasite thing and uh i thought the movie was pretty entertaining it, it, it's a it, it's it's that. pretty cool um these are some of the elements from the movie i'll put it into this uh jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. you get this finger with like giant fucking porcupine splinters coming out of it it's pretty graphic you'll see some some clips from the movie coming up 
But I got to sit down with the director, Toby Wilkins, who's also doing... Well, I'll let you guys tell... Uh, I'll, let, I'll let Toby tell you what he's working on next. But we'll be right back and uh, enjoy my interview with Mr. Wilkins. And Splinter, check it out. Hey, Geekscapists. I'm here with Toby Wilkins. He directed a movie coming out here in the States uh, on Halloween. It's called Splinter. And uh, I recently watched it. What it's about is a couple going on a camping trip. Uh, for one reason or another, camping's not their thing. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> they uh, they say, "Why don't we just get a motel?" Uh, on the road to the motel, though, um, I guess they stop to to help a woman. They get they her, get uh, they get carjacked. Carjacked, yeah. Yeah, and the carjacking leads them a series of violent events. I call yeah, a it. series of violent <laughs> events lead them uh, to to. I guess the the real encounter is with this. Um, this primitive sort of uh, this entity, this entity, I guess, if you will. Yeah, they get uh, they get uh, they seek refuge in this gas station convenience store um, against this this creature that is unlike anything they've ever seen before, um, and hopefully unlike anything audiences have seen before too. No, that I sort mean, of there are similarities, but but the the movie's pretty original. Thank you, you thank know? you. Uh, because even though there are things like you know you see those movies where a monster will take the form of its host. Uh, like you've seen the thing, you've seen Leviathan, stuff like that. Zombie movies. Zombie and, movies. Yeah. This this does it in a way that um, that I don't. You you never see it as a, a, a mon, an individual monster. This is more of an infection. It, it's it's kind of like a, a cross between an infection or a parasite or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, I mean, what I find terrifying about the concept of the creature is that it it infects you and takes you over from the inside, mm-hmm. uh, and you can. You can fight against it. You know it's coming, and it, it, it's a, a progression of infection that leaves you alive. It has no interest in, in killing you particularly. It just needs what's inside you, and it needs a skeleton um, to, to build its own uh, framework around. It's building new tendons and you know, incredibly painful and has no regard for how your skeleton normally moves or behaves. Right. It pops so, your joints out of place. It bends yeah, your arms do, back and forth. It'll do whatever it, whatever it needs to do to, to gain mobility with the elements that make up your skeleton. Um, and that's, uh, that's what's horrifying about it. One thing that I, that I actually loved about the movie is uh, just how simple the story structure was. Um, me too. I, I mean, that's what appealed to me about the script. What is it? it was this sort of core siege movie that totally reminded me and and you know plucked at my heartstrings for all those movies I watched as a kid, which you know, uh, Dawn of the Carpenter's Dead, movies. Alien, John Carpenter's, yeah, um, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, um, uh, Dawn of the Dead is a movie that's always struck stuck with me um, because of the the ability of the characters to make use of the resources around them, the fact that they're stuck inside this mall. And so when this movie was people stuck inside a convenience store, it was like, you know, bells were going off. as like, this is exactly the movies that I loved as a kid and mm-hmm. it stuck with me all that time. So, yeah, I mean, the simplicity of the story and the, and the, uh, the, the, um, the characters and what's happening to them and how they react was, was definitely something that appealed to me. In, but it allows you to, to focus a bit of the horror on what's happening to the characters. The cast yeah. also isn't that big. The cast is four, five, Yeah, I mean, the entire people. cast is six, six people. Six people yeah. in, 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 in one really dead-looking dog, I think. Or, uh, or a, raccoon, a raccoon or some, some creature from the woods. You, you don't, don't, really you don't know see it, it very well. Right. But, um, but uh, I think for, for a lot of our audience are kids in film school who 
love movies, and I think that uh, this, as as an economic script and an economic film, is a good approach for somebody who may want to come out of film school and write their first script as something full of bells and whistles, and it's going to have all these twists and turns, and I'm going to make a, uh, a a movie like Pulp Fiction that has all these strange, right. weird structures. When really, I think I think the, the best successes sometimes are in just telling a story cleanly and clearly from beginning which, to end. Which I think is something that I learned. I mean, I didn't go to film school, and I think that's something that I learned um, uh, through making short films mm-hmm. because the the economics of self-financing short films basically leads you down that path. And I think some of my s- most successful shorts have been you know, two, three characters uh, in a contained environment, very simply told. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it allows you to explore other things rather than focusing on, you know, two dozen locations and, you know, all of these, the the elements that make movies very, very difficult and expensive to produce. Um, so, yeah, that's great advice. Ian Shaw, who wrote the original screenplay, uh, wrote it while he was at film school. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was the I th- I don't know if it was the first screenplay he ever wrote, but it was uh, it was certainly early in the process, and it was sort of an, as an experiment, um, and for exactly that reason, it was a contained, uh, you know, m- minimal number of characters, so he could explore, you know, the character arcs and and uh, and sort of show an understanding of exactly what you're talking about. That sometimes the simplest story told simply is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it dilutes your characters a bit when you have to share screen time with others. You know, uh, it, it certainly makes the storytelling more complicated. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it's it, uh, you know we've all seen those movies and the ensemble pieces basically mm-hmm. where you where you have to be very efficient with getting to know a character and introducing them to the audience. Whereas uh, if you have a few characters and and you're with them constantly, I mean, all of these characters, you know, for, for the most part are on screen the entire movie. Um, you really get time to unfold the character and reveal things about them just conversationally and through you know through their actions you get to tell the audience who they are rather than having to spell it out right up front because mm-hmm. they're going to be dead you know <laughs> or because they or because or because you're going to cut away to a different storyline <laughs> you really don't know who the red shirts are you know the people who just come on screen and go hi and then they immediately get killed off the well, red, the red two shirts two days to retirement yeah, red shirts is one of the terms you get from the old Star Trek series. Right? Oh. When, you, when you get a new character on the Enterprise, it, but he's always wearing they a red shirt. Red shirt right. And they're the, the other extra people who go down to the planet with right. uh, Kirk and Spock, and you just know they're not going to get beamed back up yeah. at the end of that episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. How, is this your first feature? It is, yeah. Uh, and uh, what's the. I, I guess the. What helped make it financially was just the simplicity of it and getting the movie made. Is, is the next movie going to be a broadening? Or uh, something along the same lines of a the, of like the, a tight, simple narrative. Do you have another film coming along? The next movie for me, I've already made, which wow. was uh, Grudge Three, which uh, <laughs> will come out sometime next year. Uh-huh. Um, and you made that with with uh, Ghost House and yeah, and my my history company. my history with Ghost House has been really great, and mm-hmm. they've been super instrumental in in the the progression of my confidence as a director for sure. They've mm-hmm. been amazingly supportive. I had a short film in uh, Screamfest where the the Splinter premieres tonight, um, uh, a short film called Staring at the Sun, which uh, was in the fest in 2005. And Ghost House are on the judging committee for Screamfest. 
and Staring at the Sun ended up winning the festival that year. And that's how I got introduced to, to Ghost House. Let's get him while he's cheap, boys. Let's get him while he's cheap. I mean, <laughs> there's, a, there's a great culture over there yeah. of, of, um, of finding new talent and, and um, encouraging people to, uh, to experiment and to play. Mm-hmm. And so the very first thing they gave me was a, a $1,000 short film wow. with amazing, you know, under two minutes, horror movie, $1,000, go. What do you got? Uh, and that, you know, within those parameters, I've, I had already made uh, a, a big handful of short films up to that point. Um, so to to have to work within those parameters was really exciting. It was almost um, like an audition piece to do this yeah. movie that that's a big brand in a in a you know. In a, well, exactly. I mean, it, but it, it was a progression on every step of the way through. Um, so that was called Mousetrap, and then I did the the three short films to promote The Grudge Two mm-hmm. um, later that year. And uh, then Devil's Trade, which was seven episodes for, for Fearnet, which mm-hmm. was a total of like 24 minutes um, as a little horror series. Uh, and then on to Grows 3. And every step of the way, um, they've been amazingly supportive. You know, you you sort of hear that studio breathing down the back of your neck thing, that story that, that you know, is a horror story from from first-time filmmakers the whole time. But if if the breath you're feeling on the back of your neck is from the excitement of watching you work, and from the excitement of their passion for the genre, it's a totally different yeah. feeling. You know that there's that you know you've got these sort of um, guardian angels watching out for you who want nothing better than to tell a story and to tell it great and to and have the, the you know the horror movie be at the core of of what you're doing. Um, they are amazingly supportive and it's great to know that those eyes are watching out for you you know well uh you did a good job this time around thank you you know so uh now now you got your franchise piece (laughs) and uh, we're looking forward to that this movie comes out uh here in the states i think in in just la and in new york on halloween new york austin and oklahoma so 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 between you and me you've already seen the saw movie before (laughs) uh you don't need to see the fifth one uh, if you guys live in those cities, definitely go check out this movie. It's called Splitter. Uh, I think it's got some creepy stuff in it. You can um, actually watch um, Magnolia Magnet Releasing, which is the genre division uh-huh. of Magnolia, has done uh, an amazing sort of brave and fairly groundbreaking thing with the movie. Um, it's, it is being released on Halloween, and that's great. And I, I feel like seeing a horror movie particularly with an audience is, is – uh-huh. um, is is to be encouraged well yeah yeah, the shared experience and and but you know the reality is that there are horror fans everywhere and people who want to see this movie and the reactions we've been getting online are literally i don't live in one of those cities how am i going to see the movie i have to wait for it to come out on dvd or whatever so they've actually done a release on video on demand oh wow so on halloween uh actually right now whoa so you You can can, already see the movie you can you can in this sneak peek limited window for basically the cost of a movie ticket you can watch it in HD at home on your cable channel. Oh, then go on do your that. Cable video on demand. Go do that. If you can't and then, get to and then a theater, later, go get some popcorn. If you can't and get to a theater, crowd and be like, sure. "Oh, I've seen this shit. I mean, I know I, how this ends." I, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched it since you know since we really put it to bed, and I'm excited to see it with an audience tonight. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it with an audience at all. So tonight on the big it, screen, bro. huh? You should ruin it for them. Be like, "Don't go in there." <laughs> be the guy in the back. You should. Way in the back. You're right. I should. And just be like, I should tell spoil the ending. <laughs> no, the, the movie's great. I encourage you guys to go and, and get it on demand. Also, of course, Halloween. Those of you guys yeah. living in if, Austin, if you're, if you're lucky City, enough to be there, uh, New York, LA. Yeah, uh, check it out. And then um, we'll we'll talk to uh, Toby again when he comes back with his romantic comedy. 
Grudge Three. <laughs> you don't have any love stories in your. I, I've already made a romantic comedy. Okay. If you, I mean, you can it's watch. A short. Yeah, it's a short film, Kidney Thieves, um, which is obviously a dark. <laughs> romantic comedy but uh, uh, it certainly has those elements there is light in his yeah, heart check out, check out the short films okay cool <laughs> thanks a lot for coming on Geekscape thank you we're back and while we were gone Brandon told the funniest fucking story about his work um, <laughs> it's so good oh man I couldn't believe you did that with a milkshake right <laughs> it <laughs> seemed, just seems kind of obvious I, well, I know, I know. and they couldn't tell that's, that's the what genius of it I know it's just like because the childlike innocence of just... Mm-hmm. As horrified as I am by his actions, I'm almost horrified by somebody who wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, do they just throw their shit down like syrup? Like, like, <laughs> 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 so guys, uh, yeah, Gilmore and I um, are becoming part of the uh, Hollywood press elite. And, uh, Is that a good thing? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm noticing, okay? Uh, and, it, and it may just cause me to stop Geekscape altogether. Um, here's Geekscape on, like, uh, it, there's a balance, okay? Uh, like, the balance is like a balance of justice, scales of justice. You got Geekscape and my press career, and you got my directing career, okay? When I started this fucking shit, it was right around here. But as Geekscape starts becoming more powerful and taking up more of my time, oh, what's happening in my directing career? Oh, look what's up. Oh, Brandon Bales is going to starve because singles are never going to fucking happen. Oh, my God, Brandon Bales. Brandon Bales, (laughs) you want Geekscape to stop. But you're here. Why am I on the show? I don't know. That's why. What? But I must must say, Geekscape is doing well. Oh, oh my God. So, you got it, you got it. So Geekscape is healthy. Brandon, that was a lot. Sorry. I just Brandon, had a that was a lot. Brandon. Just pissed off. No, no, no. Fuck all that. Um, we're going to be the first... You know, you're going to see. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, first one. But Geekscape is doing healthy. And you know what? We're going to get there together. These things are going to go boom, boom. They're going to help each other out, right? Yeah. Right. Promote the show on Geekscape. Geekscape promotes the show. The audience from the show comes to Geekscape. It's going to be great. Yeah, keep telling them how you're going to exploit them. This is a good idea. It's going to be great. No, no, no. <laughs> They've been here since the beginning. They're my people. Okay. Um, but we went out uh, on the red carpet at the uh, Spike TV Scream Awards. We have all sorts of fucking celebrities. We interviewed a crap load of people. Sean William Scott, you mentioned. We got him. Love that Stan guy. Lee, you mentioned. We got him. Wes Craven, we got him. Comic book creator Mike Magnola. We got your boy Brian K. Vaughn. We got a whole list of comic book movie huge stars and everyone's dream girl and everybody's dream girl uh you guys are just gonna have to wait for that one but uh she loved me my love my, my size i wrote her a song every girl likes that take note geeks girls love that stuff love so songs. here's gilmore and i at the uh spike tv scream awards red carpet soiree and uh we'll be right back put on some sunglasses because the stars are going to be pretty bright. Jesus. We're here with Mike Magnola, guys, creator of Hellboy and the Amazing Screw on Head. We're going to get uh, to know what's going coming up in the Hellboy universe. You're coming back to doing the art and, and writing as well, on a Hellboy series? Someday I'll be back drawing the art. Uh, right now I'm still writing, just writing the book. Um, I've actually drawn a comic, uh, a new Hellboy comic that comes out next month, I think. Uh, it's the first time I've drawn it in a couple of years, and that was that felt great. I didn't blow my brains out, so I thought, oh, maybe I can do this again. But for now, I'm in the middle of a giant story, the Duncan McGrado's drawing, so I'm just going to keep writing, 
I do have a couple projects, Hellboy-related projects that I'm planning to draw. I just got to get my head above water with the writing. And how great is it to see an artist like Duncan Figueroa do such a good job and having somebody like Guy Davis and John Arcudi starting putting their own imprints on the universe? Uh, who else could we see possibly joining uh, the BAPRD or, uh, or the Hellboy creative teams? Right now, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, we do have another series, uh, two other series that we're going to start. Uh, one's a Victorian occult detective that's going to be drawn by a guy named Ben Stenbeck. And um, we're going to be doing a Lobster Johnson series um, with an artist, with another artist that we haven't announced yet. Um, so it feels great. I mean, it's, it's so weird when this thing takes off in so many different directions. It's one of the reasons, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get back and draw stuff because my hands are so full with this thing that keeps, you know, expanding all over the place. Two more questions. Are we going to see any more Amazing Screw-On Head? You know, I never thought that thing would really be anything people would be that interested in. Uh, no. Uh, I did it so well the first time. I was so happy with the first one that I said, I don't want to mess that up. So I'm going to do more things like it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's it for him. And Bruce Campbell as Lobster Johnson. What do you think? That'd be fine by me. That'd be great. You just made a bunch of geeks on our end happy, so thanks a lot. Have fun tonight. We're here with uh, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. He also has an incredible book called The Umbrella Ca Academy. We got Dallas coming up soon. Yeah. When yeah. is that? It's coming up. Dallas comes out, if, if memory serves me correctly, and I'm the worst at this, is November 21st, I believe. It's right around the anniversary of the JFK assassination. Wow. Um, now you're going to be hopping around in time a little bit more in, the, in this issue? Now that we're established? Hops around in time. Um, it makes it a little more difficult. Time travel stories are always the hardest. The very first series had a little bit of that, but we've worked it out, you know, and there's a part of the, you know, when you do Umbrella Academy, there's a part of it where you, you just kind of can't take that stuff too seriously. You just do it. You just tell a great story, you know. Um, you can't, like, do too much math. Your head will hurt, and then it's not fun. Well, the, the first one was pretty irreverent. It was a pretty fun series. Um, now, let's talk about another album from My Chemical Romance. Are you, what's the planning stages? Are you guys in there? Right now we are... Um, we're just about to start writing. Well, we've been writing separately, so we're about to convene, have a summit, a rock summit, and then um, share what we have, hear it live, and then, you know, and then do it. We're here with Pia Guerra and Brian K. Vaughn from Why the Last Man, but uh, they're also very active in other things. Can you guys give us an update on what you guys have been working on? Pia, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm working on uh, Doctor Who for IDW with writer Tony Lee, and I got a couple more issues of that, and then I'm taking some time off hey, what's to up? do my own thing, which is great. <laughs> uh, still working on the Lost writing staff full-time and uh, Ex Machina, my comic with uh, Tony Harris, about to enter its last year. So you've got a definitive end for Ex Machina. Um, you guys are getting close on Lost. What can we look forward to in the next season? In the next season of Lost, oh, my, my wife is back there, and uh, my boss is threatened to kill her if uh, I say anything. So I'm sworn to secrecy, but it's going to be, it's a really good season so far. We're already uh, seven episodes in, and it's pretty incredible. That's all I can say, though. Now you're starting to see some of your creations go to the big screen. Uh, we've got Why the Last Man coming up. Is Ex Machina optioned? Is that, that going to head to the screen? Let's hope so. I mean, yeah, it was optioned, but these things work very slowly. But for us, you know, comics are always the first love. It's about comics first. Anything else that happens is gravy. And as you're watching Eagle Eye, were you freaking out? Being like, okay, is this how it's going to play out? What were you thinking? I haven't seen it yet. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, you know, for me, it's Pia's Yorick is the definitive Yorick. And any actor, you know, won't be able to fill those shoes as well as she has. So for me, good luck to, you know, whoever becomes Yorick. But it's going to be a tough job for him. 
I actually have an, uh, a suggestion for ampersand. My camera guy over here, uh, Gilmore, is uh, he can play a little monkey. What do you think? Okay. Look, we'll, we'll bring him out. We'll uh, we'll shoot some tapes, see how he looks. But I like it. He's very heartbroken about missing out on Chaka. So I mean, this could be his chance. Black and white thing going there, so it works. It's good balance. I like it. Yeah. Now, James, can you can you uh, recognize the eyes of a killer just from seeing it? Ooh, I think a good killer wouldn't let me see his eyes. Uh, you mean he'd be a camera guy, probably? Well, I can I can see one of their eyes. No, he's not a killer. He's a good guy. Okay. okay so 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 Gilmore's safe for all the, those of you watching that that uh, wondered. Um, what are you working on when you're not working on Dexter? What are some of the other projects that we can see you in? Well, uh, The Unborn is coming up, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. And, um, well, recently I was in Pineapple Express, and uh, a few more episodes of Dexter that's coming out, and Un Unborn is coming up. And that, that's the David Goyer movie? Yes. And, and now what's it about? Uh, I'm not supposed to tell you these things. You're supposed to go. It's about a young lady who's being uh, haunted and troubled by... Uh, Let's just say something that isn't typical, and it's her, it's her battle to, uh, to, to win. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you. <laughs> David Goyer's not going to do much. Don't worry about that guy. But uh, Universal might. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to tell you. And what can we expect in, in the future for, for Dexter? Uh, probably more beautiful developments as Dexter grows and uh, becomes more involved with uh, his uh, loved ones. And his uh, own personal demons. Stan Lee, we, we, I don't even know how to introduce you, Stan. How would you? What's, what's the best introdu introduction you I'll do have? it. Stan Lee, one of the great talents of our time, a man who is the, I mean, there are no words to describe this man's greatness, his genius, his ability, his, his modesty. Charm, his mo <laughs> and mainly, mainly he is known for modesty. So, Stan, you're great at uh, giving uh, superheroes their nicknames. My buddy here is a super cameraman. His name's Gilmore. Sizing him up and down. Goofy Gilmore. There you go. Goofy Gilmore. Uh, I think that, that's very appropriate. What are you working on now? You've got the superhero First, show. First, I want to get out of Gilmore's way before he clobbers me. No, what am I working on? Not we have one thing I can talk about. It's a, um, it's a thing I'm doing for Disney that you'll be able to see on your telephone. You'll be able to see it later on the Internet. It's called Time Jumper, and it's something new and different, and it'll eventually, if it's successful, which of course it will be because I'm involved, it'll end up being a big TV series or movie, and you'll be able to say, I heard about it first. Truly Vance, we're all in love with you. Look at you standing there, answering interviews. Will you talk us in tonight? Make us feel alright. Then turn out the light. Here she comes. Hey, we're here with the world's best girlfriend, Julie Benz. Uh, we all love you. All my listeners and, and viewers love you. Uh, how does it feel being the best girlfriend on the planet? It's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know I had that label. Absolutely. I watched the show with my girlfriend, and, and she, she knows that, uh, that you're the best girlfriend in the world. Right. Well, I don't know. Laura's pretty good. You guys know Laura. <laughs> well, I think Laura's probably the best girlfriend. She is. She is. She could stand for me sitting with her watching Dexter and, and being like, she sure is sweet. And she's like, yeah, but I cooked you dinner tonight. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So uh, you're enjoying Dexter, but uh, we, we are a show that loves our action films. we got to ask you about Rambo. we got to ask you about Kicking Ass in the Jungle. Uh, we loved that movie. Are we going to see you in the Rambo universe again? 
I don't know. I, it would be fun. I, I, it was a great, amazing experience for me. I mean, to work with uh, Sylvester Stallone, not only as an actor, but also as a director and a writer. Um, I learned so much, you know, and then the the challenges that were presented in front of me, you know, the the... Being the only girl. Being the only girl. Um, you know, I'm very competitive, so I had to prove to the guys that I was a lot tougher than I actually am and realize that I am a lot tougher than they are. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was exciting. We were, you know, three months in Thailand filming, and it was a really amazing experience. Well, we hope to see you again in a Rambo movie. Cause I just want to see another I Rambo I, I movie. I lived, actually, so I could. That's right. I could. The only girl that's ever lived. Well... We got we got to ask you. I mean, when you've got John Rambo who comes in with all the explosions and the guns, and you got Dexter who sneaks in, takes people from behind, and then does what he uh, does with them. Who do you think would would win in that kind of encounter? Because you got to think that what John Rambo does, Dexter's got to uh, got to notice. Right. We well, also have to remember that they're both really good with a knife. So I think it would be a draw if there was a competition between the two of them. Mm -hmm. I think they would kill each other at the exact same time. <laughs> it's not the ending of Under Siege. With Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Seagal. No, this is this is a this is a good knife fight. Uh, Julie, thanks so much for talking to us. We caught up with you at Wizard World last year. Yeah, Geekscape. Hi, Geekscape. Hey, everybody. We don't know what, we don't really know what to ask you. We just wanted to say hi. Oh, I, I love saying hi too. I'm a nominee tonight. Do you believe that? What for what? For, you should read your tip sheet, Mister. No, no, no. I mean, I know you. We, we've had you on the show. What do we need a tip sheet I'm for? Nominated for? I'm nominated for best supporting performance in uh, uh, for Hellboy Two: The Golden Army as Abe Sapien. Have you guys counted the screen time? What's that? You're on a lot of that movie. Have you counted the screen time? I, I don't think Ron should be in the competition. No, no, no. He, he should be the lead. No, no. I'm, I'm a supporting character. I'm his, I'm, his, I'm his sidekick. I'm his cohort. I'm his little brother. I'm his buddy. I'm his thing. I'm his, oh, okay. whatever. You've been reading the, com the, the comics recently. There's been more of you than him. There's an Ape Sapien series of comics, but, but that's not what this movie was. It was called Hellboy. Right? Okay. We'll see that. Thanks, Doug. Big love, you guys. Thanks. Hey, what's up, Sean? Um, so you got this movie Role Models coming out? Oh, yeah. Well, the movies, I'm, I'm actually more excited about this movie than probably any movie I've done since America Pie. It's really funny. People are freaking out over it. So, oh, I definitely swear. And so does a little 11-year-old. I mean, there's a kid that I mentor in the movie, and I think there's nothing funnier than hearing a little 11-year-old little swear all the time. How many 11-year-olds can you beat up in a fight? I could probably take about 30. Yeah. I mean, was that without weapons or guns? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You can use them as weapons, but but not going without weapons. I can take thirty down for sure. So what do you play? I play Madden. I'm not a big video game nut. I, I wish I sh I should be because it'd be a nice escape thing for me. But uh, I would say Madden, Madden like NBA. Well, I don't. I haven't played in a while. I would say Madden for sure. Wes Craven. He brought us Nightmare on Elm Street. What are you working on today? Um, I'm working on a film called Twenty Five Eight, which I wrote and direct. Uh, we've shot it and we're in post. That'll be out next year. And it's kind of uh, based on the idea that if you fight the devil, you can't fight 24-7. You have to fight 25-8. You have to go that extra step. And we also uh, produced a remake of Last House on the Left, which has just finished its mix and is just fabulous. And that's going to be out early next year. So probably 25-8 in the fall of next year and the remake of Last House in the, in the spring. And you've got uh, Johnny Depp here going on a crazy career. How, how insane is it to watch somebody, you cast a Nightmare on Elm Street, just go into the stratosphere like that? It's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, I, I, there's been about four that I've, you know, started, uh, not started in the sense of I'm going to make You can take it. You, it's okay. You no, can but just take I it. Did their first film. You know, Bruce Willis, actually, I did a Twilight Zone. That was his first film work. And Sharon Stone and Johnny Depp and a few others. And so it's great. It's great. What's your reaction seeing uh, girls dress up like Freddy over there? 
Shocking. Why, did, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Great. Thank you. Gary! 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 Another fucking story from this guy. This guy is full of great stories. <laughs> <Why would you? laughs> but the dog lived, right? I was just the dog say, did like, live. Okay. The, the dog is okay. Is okay. Dude, I never would have. Okay. I would have. I would have been like at the second floor. I'd been like, I'm not climbing any fucking <laughs> high. Like, no, I'm not climbing up here. That dog's more. You're, you're, yeah, you're exactly. <laughs> that dog is like a tank. Like, uh, that would have fearless. Fearless. Mr. Bales. Oh, God. Fearless. We're gonna have to cut some more material just so you can tell us you're coming back to it. I mean, awesome. I think what inhibits Mr. Bale is the presence of, of a uh, of an uh, an audience. You know what I mean? And, and, and the feeling that this is a little bit live. I think what Bale's needs a really good script. Once Bale's can concentrate on a script and inhabit a skin other than him, his own, yeah, I think he really just, comes to life. Yeah. But being judged he's being judged here exactly. as brandon bales he's not playing a character but how was that though the scream the this thing that we just saw oh the scream wars is cool was that, was, that was some dope ass shit wasn't that great i mean fun. like the stan lee thing uh the stan lee thing uh as it was coming out of his mouth i couldn't believe it was coming out of his mouth um i'm just gonna have to play it through the station id as is because that, that guy is <laughs> oh. hilarious um and julie benz Remind me how I, I think, know. I think her. I speak for everyone when I just go. Oh, yeah. She's the girlfriend on Dexter. I see. And in Rambo, which we all know. Oh, did you see Rambo? I did see Rambo. Were um, yeah. you a Buffy fan? She was a Darla. <laughs> Buffy? Or Angel. She was oh. Darla on Angel. Never seen those shows. It's a, neither have I. Neither have I. Hey. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need that credential. All right, all right. A camera in your bedroom. Alright. Oh. <laughs> um, I just see them both going down right now. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm... Like a toilet, like a toilet bowl. Um, so, video games. Uh, we got to talk to a couple comic book creators there, um, and I haven't really read anything new. Uh, but let's talk video games, because we have a lot of shit to talk about, including this de delay of Little Big Planet. I guess uh, there's some, war, uh, some verses from the Quran. That are in some background music Muslim group Got all up in the air And uh, rather than have their heads cut off uh, Sony delayed the release of Little Big Planet Because it could have gotten really nasty You know, I live very close to Sony <laughs> And I don't want a fucking plane landing in my backyard <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Guess we're going guess we're gonna to be banned next week <laughs> Middle East, Middle East. Um, No, I... I you can understand people don't like their religious shit fucked with in a video game. But Muslims are the worst at, about that stuff. Like they kill people over it, and it's just like, really, Brian? Come on. Well, you can't do anything. Listen, it, it's their own preemptive strike, okay? Because because <laughs> let me tell you where it ends. It starts with something that they hold very deal dear, the Quran being adapted into the background music of a video game, and you, and you're like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. Ten years from now, when Brett Ratner is adapting that video game into a film, you're gonna kind of wish that you had nipped it in the bud ten years earlier. Okay? I think it's very smart for these people to say, 
let's keep our religious text from going into a video game before it becomes a major turning point in Brett Ratner's adaptation of Little Big Planet. So you're saying, so you're saying, like uh, this is this is the Muslims' world way of basically like being your dad and like reaching for the belt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. This could get a lot worse right now. This could get a lot Guys, worse. Guys, it could get a lot worse. Ah ah ah. Oh. ah, ah. Don't talk. Do him. not talk back. So, you guys will probably just have to wait until uh, next week or a week after to play with Sackboy. While you're waiting, play with your own sack. <laughs> a mile away. Um, so, uh. <laughs> so listen, uh, we're going to talk video games. I've been playing this uh, DS game. I'm going to put a formal review up on the site. What it's not it? there right now, but it's the Spectrobes uh, the Beyond the Portal. It's called uh, oh, it's called motherfucking spectrobes. Yeah. Uh, you guys remember uh, a couple weeks ago we ran this Disney Interactive Geekscape pod where we talked about por- uh, what were those movies? We talked we about got pure, pure, yeah, the racing game, spectrobes, spectrobes, motherfucking and, spectrobes, and we played Bolt. We played a little bit of Bolt. It's these movies that Disney Interactive made, and uh, mm. and pure is that ATV I racing was, game. I want to play that one. I heard that was awesome. Yeah, Gilmore wrote a review up on the site, yeah. which maybe where you heard it was awesome. Uh, I got this movie I got this game Spectral Which which reminds me What I was into it was There was a lot of mini games It was a DS game A lot of mini games I really liked that And it had like this Pokemon feel mm. Dude I played so much fucking Pokemon Summer in 99 I kept having to check my Game Boy To make sure it was off When I was going to sleep Because I'd hear the music in my fucking head <laughs> It was insane Dude That's amazing I was 20 years old Not good In New York for the first time not too popular with the ladies, was I? No. In New York for the first time, interning at MTV on the Tom Green show, just kicking ass. You could you could drop that at a bar and get all sorts of girls. Mm-hmm. I wasn't at a bar. I was at home, gotta catch in them all. That's playing what I was doing. Yeah, monster. playing with my fucking pocket monsters. My little sack boy. So I was very excited. Um, now that I've acquired a girlfriend. Uh, to get this motherfucking <laughs> check that off. It, it sounds like you. It sounds like you walked over a little yeah. icon of a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it goes. It, it went into my inventory. Uh, uh-huh. You can level that shit up. You can. You can level it up. Yeah. Uh, which you have to pay for it. Yeah. It's it comes in the form of a ring. Uh, <laughs> you can level up the girlfriend feature. Uh, you have to continually invest in it, and sometimes mm-hmm. they invest in you. Sometimes they invest in you more than you can invest in it. But uh, and sometimes they full on carry you. Let's just be honest um, But Spectros Beyond the Portal Is like It's like a Pokemon game And you got these little monsters You can train them and stuff I gotta tell you uh, I'm about Four hours into the game And There's a shitload Of talky talk talk There's so many tutorials In this game I don't even know If I've gotten into The beginning of the game yet Remember when you were Playing Wii Zelda uh, How long it took you To actually get in the game When you're a little Link and you're running around You know he's gonna become Link You're catching fish You're running around The village and shit like that You just wanna get To the first dungeon Yeah Yeah. That's how I feel like And I'm three hours Into Uh, it I just want I just want the game To start uh, You know What happened to just Having a Zelda game Where you start out as Link And you can immediately Just start fighting monsters that's old school. That's, that's old school. It's way Either that old school. or making the training fun, like Call of Duty Four. Yeah, 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 yeah Call of Duty Four. Call of Duty Four is amazing. The tutorial was fun. Yeah, the tutorial was am- the tutorial yeah. was real. Can yeah. I tell you something? Um, first off, the, uh, the 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 fights in this game. Usually, you remember, like even like if it's an RPG, like I remember old Dragon Warrior and uh, Final Fantasy used to actually give me nightmares. 
at night. What? Just that, the oh, single picture I of was, the slime? No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... No, what, what gave me nightmares wasn't so much the evil slime pixels, but uh, it was it was the length of the dungeons. Because um, once you got about halfway into Old Dragon Warrior, yeah. the dungeons just got huge. huge. And you're like, huge. I need to save it. How am I ever going to get out of here? It. Same thing with Final Fantasy. When you got high up in a tower, yeah. it got really... Wow. You know, it got stressful, and yeah. and some of the battles would go so long that you're like, Jesus Christ, this is huge. The battles in this game are 20 seconds long, and they're not enough of them. I've maybe killed 30 bad guys, 30 bad guys. I'm three hours into the game. It's it, the the gameplay is fun, but what I'm saying is it trips you up with just how fucking long it's taken to actually become a game. Is this based not good on an IP, an existing IP? Is there an they, animated they created show it. or something? They created it, and it, there's an exi- there's already a Spectrobes game out. Is it? It's just I wanted game. the game really badly because it looked like fun. Four hours in the game, I still want the game really badly. I just haven't gotten it yet. So That's Gilmore nice. and I was bugging Gilmore left and right to get me a copy of this game. I was like, call him up, tell him to send me my motherfucking Spectrobes. <laughs> oh, my motherfucking Spectrobes! Remember the night that you brought it over? How excited I was! I knew Brian had gotten it. Because we got the, the press people to send, hey, don't worry, your, spect- your motherfucking Spectrobes are in the mail. Shut up already. <laughs> and Gilmore called me. And, he, and I, I just picked up and I go, motherfucking Spectrobes. <laughs> and we were out in front of my, my house. And what were you doing? Motherfucking Spectrobes. And I was going, Spectrobes, motherfucking Spectrobes. Motherfucking Spectrobes, I got my motherfucking Spectrobes. Was it worth it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> now I say, motherfucking spectrops. It's so funny. It was better when I was pumped about it. I was like, motherfucking spectrops. Now I'm, motherfucking spectrops. So, <laughs> thought this was over. <laughs> you thought this was over, Laura? It's not. It will oh, never end. You should see Laura when I'm on the side. Of, she was watching TV and I'm sitting there on the phone going. And she's like, what the f- who are you? Uh, retarded pumpkin boy. What have you been playing? You're oh, an avid man. gamer. Oh, man. Anything you want to lie about this episode? Lie about? <laughs> I'm kidding. What the? I'm kidding. Oh, my God. The dog story was enough. Um, <laughs> what What have you been playing? You're always playing I'm something. I'm always playing. You, uh, you went old school recently, too, didn't you? Oh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll get to that. Um, um, stuff that, that's, that's incredible that I just finished playing is Half-Life 2 Episode 2 I know I'm like way late to the party mm-hmm. on that one wow. but god damn they're good Valve is awesome mm-hmm. they're amazing and uh, Left 4 Dead's coming out next month how pumped are you so pumped I'm so pumped I played it at E3 did you guys get a chance to play oh, it how was really? it Fantastic. How was it? How did it Fantastic. feel? Fantastic. It felt great. It felt great. It, you know, they had, I mean, we, I was there with three other people playing on four PCs. And, and you guys were on the same side? Yeah, on the same side. Did, did, the, did the actual uh, community communication aspect of it really come into play right away? Totally. You were like, help me! Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucking yeah. Spectros! Motherfucking Spectros all over the place. Uh-huh. <laughs> they jump on you and they... Uh, the zombies they, do. The zombies, yeah. And they and they drag you down, and so you know it's like, oh, player three needs help, and you look over, and, you know, it, they, their character is like on the ground flailing, and there's <laughs> there's three zombies like on top of them, and you have to you have to like go over and 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 kill them, and then sometimes they get injured and they can't get up off the ground, and you have to you know, drag like, them and stuff, press the button a thousand times, and like you know to like heal them and pull them up, it, and it's wow. awesome because meanwhile all these zombies are flooding it's in, it's intense, and you, yeah, and it, you're like, you guys cover me while I'm helping, you know. So Jimmy sick. and these are strangers you were it's, playing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, but oh, already you had this. Like, yeah, Brian. 
Um, I wanted to ask a question. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's dancing uh, like this. Can you? Can you? Uh, can you leave? If you get attacked, mm. do you have now a person on your team gradually turning into a zombie? Uh, oh, no. that would be crazy. No. That would be so awesome. It would be amazing. But you can also play as the zombies in, in multiplayer. multiplayer. Yeah, which we didn't play. We were playing like the co-op, the story thing. But it's great, the man. The game sounds great. Varied game types. Uh, apparently, you, you and it's never the same game twice. Yeah, like, it's got an a AI about it. That's so cool. And if you if you're if you're too good, like they throw more shit at you. Like it's a variable difficulty. Really? So it's like smart. Yeah. It's not just pre-planned. But do you have to save everybody? Like like if I'm playing with four people and Gilmore starts getting eaten, can I just tell the other two people be like, come on, let's just get the fuck out of here? I was just gonna say that. Yes. Like is that alright? And he'll die, but you need the you need them to get to the next safe room. Like you know. I, it, I pretty much need Gilmore to get to the next you, safe room. You know, room. yeah. I mean, it, it depends helps. on how good you are. Because you can helps. use them as food later. And like <laughs> like if we're on a if we're on a rooftop. And like they're all like surrounding us, I can just be just like, kick them off, chew on this, motherfuckers, <laughs> Gilmore. I believe you. No, <laughs> no. A little bit of vertigo. You saw that. Um, I love that. What else have you been playing? You've been playing this Left for Dead, uh, old school. Uh, uh, Braid. I've just finished. Mm-hmm. Finally, awesome game. Welcome to the Got conversation. Pieces. I know. I've, I mean, I'm not on the show. That's cool. That's cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I only cheated one time, and I told you all about Castle Crashers. Which one? You enjoy uh, the one, the one where you're in the world. He's gonna just give it to him. Though? Yeah, oh. it's like World Three when um, when the world starts. Uh, whenever you move to the right, everything moves yeah. forward, and when you move to the left, it reverses. Yeah, the DJ in level. The hunt level where there's just five dudes and yeah. you have to kill them all in order to get the door to open up. Yeah, you gotta start with the top. You start, yeah, you start at the top and work your way. But I didn't know that you had to like double jump on the one guy to like make him die. Anyway, uh, it gets insane. Uh, Amazing game. What an accomplishment that game is. Uh, Castle Crashers. They got the patch coming. Patch coming. Not maybe not for a month, but that's awesome. I've been waiting for that because I, I multiplayer is totally. But you've beaten the, the one the single player. I haven't right? beaten the single player. Oh, just play, just. There's no danger there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giraffe came back. It's all good. Uh, my giraffe ran away. Well, remember, I had that problem with my Castle Crashers where when I, I had everything, and then when I went to play online, I booted up the single player again, and like all my weapons and all my arc was yeah, devoid no of animals. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of the it's one of the problems we're fixing in the patch. Oh, I, I haven't had that problem. So the patch is coming. Oh yeah, my giraffe ran away. I had to go get giraffe back. Have you not tried to play with like a, a multiplayer game? I have, and that was that was what, that's what caused the problem. Was that I had beaten the game, I'd acquired all my shit. Right. I went and played multiplayer, and upon returning right. to a single player to try and beat it with a different character, Everything's everything gone. was gone. Was that, when you that, played with me and Jake. Yeah, it was when I played with you and Jake, and then oh. I tried to play again. So, so that that was a big problem. They're, they're, that's part of the fix of the patch. Cool. And they, they're also supposedly going to make a couple more players playable, a little bit another couple characters cool. like the king. The king, uh, nice. Oh, so that's that'd be awesome. cool. Um, that may be a separate downloadable content that you have to pay for. I don't know. But uh, that is a fucking awesome game. It's a good game. <laughs> what That's else cool. you got? You are a big video game What else? Game what guy. else? Uh, right now, I'm currently in the throes of uh, Persona 3, which you probably don't haven't even heard of. What the fuck uh, is this? You just blew our mind. Yeah. You've heard um, of it. It's a JRPG uh, straight out of Japan. I mean, it's all you know, translated. Whatever. It's it's not an import or anything. It's like cave story. Um, is it all your base? Uh, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a actually really high production value. It's like half school slash dating sim, like half dungeon crawler. Wait, but it wait dating 
in like you're in school, high school. Yeah, and you're in high school and you like go to you got to go to class and sounds like boring shit. I, well, that's what, at first it is, and you're like, what? I have to do this shit. But like, if you if you pay attention and you get um uh, you get good grades and you like you you know you like you go, end up in a dungeon. You go to, to sleep all the time. No, you meet more people, and what happens is you meet more people out in real life. And then every night you get a chance to go to this like tower that's like hundreds of in floors your dreams. High. No, like well, with this group of kids. Okay. And you, like you control sort of. You have like everyone has like these sort of Pokemon. It's sort like of, flatliners. I, I that kid, that guy was just going to college, and then he hung out with all these people, and they were right. like, "Hey, you want to play around with life and death?" Exactly. This sort of. thing. But they did shit at night. It's great. You know what I'm saying. And if you get to, you know, you meet more people, and then and then that may, uh, you get more social connections. So you're and that building helps up a party. Make big, mo- make bigger monsters. You can fuse these monsters together. It's a complete like hundred that sounds hour crazy. thing. It, it's this is awesome. the third one. Yeah. So that just sounds like regular Japanese society. Yeah. Totally. Totally. The, the fucking monsters. pre-borg. That's what I call Japanese. Exactly. Pre-borg. Well, that's what the, I guess. Yeah. They'll, they'll become the borg. <laughs> Thank Koreans are going to become the borg. I feel it. Hive. They're going to be the first <laughs> hive mind. But it, 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 what is this on your PC or your, your no, PS2? That's what you were saying. I was going old school. Yeah, that's right. You see, it came out last year. They're, in fact, they're doing Persona Four. I mean, uh, and it's coming out for for PS2 in um, in December. This PS2 still sells fucking. They're still games, selling games. It's crazy. It's no, wild. it's not crazy. It's such an affordable system. You it know, is. it's got such a huge fucking library. And it's a great system too. If you went out and bought it, I really like the PS2. All like told. the Xbox is the new PS2. I think. Uh, right the 360. The 360. Uh, yeah. it can be. You know, Standard, I think I, I think it's just such a fuck. I don't know about dependable. I mean, I mean, well, uh, as far as the library goes, but the library <laughs> is huge. Yeah, oh. Xbox Live is a great service, but it is, hardware. I'm looking oh, forward. I'm, sorry, I'm looking forward to some of the. You know, uh, you you looking forward to the Xbox Live experience? We're gonna be getting this new uh, me looking stuff, the new avatars and what? I can take it or leave it. Yeah, Xbox Live is changing format. What are they doing? Well, have you been in a cave? Yes. Oh, in. this is huge. Uh, Gilmore, yeah, they've been talking about it for months. You're, you're each each gamer profile on Xbox is getting an avatar, like a me. Who cares? And you can dress them. And, and they're, they're, cha- they're changing their entire thing. Well, I think they're, they're, they're just going to be doing different shit on Xbox Live. Xbox Live is, as an experience is going to expand. Because they know that, like, what, PlayStation's got home coming out. Yeah. You know, and they're, so they're trying to, like, get up all. And so. Because, right. I mean, I like if Xbox gonna Live the way it is because it's functional. Well, there yeah. are those people that feel that way. It's functional. I mean. This will be functional, too. Okay. Don't worry. I just don't want it to you, be you still, Do you still shitty. miss the old Facebook? No. The new Facebook is so much better, actually. Brandon, what do you think of the new Facebook? I'm not on Facebook. But right away, when he first switched to the new Facebook, you were like, No, me gusta. But because now you're I'm used scared to. of change. No, but it's very. You'll be fine with this Xbox okay. thing. Don't worry. I just because I just imagine a bunch of me's hanging out together. It's like, oh, here's no, a Michael Jackson. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know how it's gonna work. Shit. I don't know okay. how it's gonna work. Um, so you've been playing. Um, we're gonna uh, call it the episode. Is that cool? We we did movies, video games, comics. Yeah, I think we um, <laughs> what, what I need from you guys is I need you guys to go to the Geekscape website. We're not gonna go anywhere if you don't. But I think it's a fun place for you to be at. We've got forums. We've got uh, all sorts of features uh, that are written. Uh, you'll enjoy them. And uh, you guys can submit news. Um, the other things you can do is buy a t-shirt. Like the ones I got now. Uh, meeting with George to talk about new merch. we got to get some new merch. On this. Yeah, I figure. Can we make one of the merch a date with me? Like 50 no. bucks. And then we can tape it. 
First off, that's horribly overpriced. Who gets paid fifty bucks? You or the they? They, they get, get paid, paid fifty bucks. They pay fifty bucks. Fuck! Are you high? I want to see how that goes over. That's like being like, hey, can we run a contest where we knife some fucking listener? They won. They get knifed in the <laughs> face. Even if it's like some fat dude, I think it'd be interesting. Why would they pay to go on a fucking date with you? Why not? You're at a level where you're paying for shit. <laughs> Why would? What? <laughs> Laura's shaking Don't her head. Don't look to Laura for support. Laura's shaking her head in the, in the doorway. That's a, not only a, that's a fucking king of the bad ideas. That's a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> Jesus. How about a date with Brandon? Huh? All right. Well, date Brandon. <laughs> Brandon doesn't need a fucking contest to go on a date. I think that's what you're missing. I think that's what you're missing. You're the only one in the room who needs a fucking oh, no, contest not, to get a date. That's actually not true. I'm, you're blind to what I have to offer. Not the, don't I, keep, stay in character. Stay in character. <laughs> so uh, you can get a t-shirt One of which will not be Win a date with Gilmore How would you even make that into a fucking t-shirt oh, I, w- I went on a date with Gilmore And I got was this t-shirt We can sell other stuff like it Like uh, like pay 50 bucks we'll give you a cold Yeah it's like A fucking kissing booth where you get punched in the face <laughs> It's not nice Here's a dollar I want to get kissed by a hot chick At the last minute a fucking dude steps in And just chokes you Not fun that's what a fucking win a date with you would be like. <laughs> it's like win a date. There's like a really attractive person, but you show up. Mm. Not a bad social experiment, if I do say so myself. Mm. Mm. Uh, that that would be how Geekscape runs the dating service. Advertise something else, and then you show bait up. Switch. <laughs> Total bait and switch. It's like, why is this dating site called baitandswitch.com? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, this guy looks totally hot, and he is, and then you fucking show up and be like, time to feed me. I'm hungry. Do you want tacos? Um, so, we got that. Uh, we were talking about Facebook. We got a Facebook group. Just look for Geekscape. You can join us and become a fan, all that. Uh, MySpace. Our profile is MySpace. Uh, it's Geekscape. It's MySpace.com slash GeekscapeNet. And um, talked about the merch. Next week, I got to tell you guys, we got a Halloween episode coming up. Ooh. Every fucking Halloween, which we've only had one so far, but we're going to make it a thing. Uh, it's Gilmore and I, and I think Ben was yeah. there last year, on the couch, in costume, who knows what we're going to be dressed as this year? I currently do not know what I'm going to be dressed as this actually, year. Actually, I had no idea. Yeah. I was thinking of just going as uh, Sarah Palin with jo- with Nolan Joker makeup. Yeah. Just as the guys. There's going to be so fucking many of them. I almost want to go this year as Batman just so I can beat the shit out of the fucking Chris Nolan. Oh Jokers. my god, remember all the Chris Nolan Jokers be... at the fucking Scream Awards? Or at Comic-Con. Or everywhere. It's going to be uh, so... It's out of control. Shit. Yeah, it's going to be horrible. We're not going to like that. We actually, we ran into a guy at the Scream Awards yesterday who was a no, who had a Nolan Joker uh, going. Rubber mask. It wasn't even painted. How it was a rubber mask of the Nolan be. Joker. It's like, Really? The Nolan Joker's it's the so easy. <laughs> Easiest. All you gotta do is take like, is take oh. your old crow makeup that you wore. <laughs> Thank you. Put it some green and some purple, and now you're Nolan Kabam. fucking Joker. <laughs> so uh, for those of you nerds who are the crow, now you can be Nolan's Joker, and uh, I will be there dressed as bats to beat the fucking shit John, out of can, you. Can you just please ask them not to do this? Though? Don't do it. Uh, those of you out there who are contemplating uh, being this emo goth. Uh, bullshit. First off, you're not going to be as cool as uh, Heath Ledger was. No. You're not going to be as talented as Heath Ledger no. was. Your portrayal is going to look fucking lame. Dumb. And uh, everybody's going to think you're a loser. I got to tell you guys right now, please, 
for the sake of America and the future of Brett Ratner's movies, don't do this, okay? You will make the Muslim world mad. <laughs> they already hate us, uh, and communism's already trying to stop Geekscape at a grassroots level. So there's enough working against us right now as a society. Don't dress up as the Christopher Nolan Joker. That or is Joker at all. Joker's a, off limits this year. It's like throwing fucking Joker. kindling on a fire. All right, don't do it. Okay. You better watch out, Joker. We're gonna take. We're gonna take. I'm gonna dress up as you. I'm gonna rape your face. I'm gonna rape your fucking face. That, what did you dress no, no, up? No, no, Brandon was doing Batman. You're doing yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna rape your fucking face, motherfucking spectrums. <laughs> I'm Batman. I wanna play my motherfucking spectrums. I'm so fucking angry. Uh, hey, Joker, motherfucking spectrums. This game is 90 million hours long. I haven't even gotten past the first cutscene. Motherfucking spectrums. Laura's looking at me like I've been saying. I'm definitely not sleeping here tonight. Uh, so those of you who enjoyed We're the episode, uh, <laughs> this is the couch I'm going to be sleeping tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be next to Laura. She's going to be asleep. I'm going to be looking at her going, Motherfuckers, for sure. <laughs> Time to get it up. Okay. Um, let's do some damage control. Call it a night. And uh, see you guys next week. Does that work for us, Brandon? Sounds good. All right. Thanks well, for watching. We'll see you guys next week, and uh, let's hear another story, right? Here we go. Okay. So it all started 